0: Thank you.
1: On 96.7 on your fm dial you are listening to qol this is qol and it's also a podcast as well if you you dial up uh, do a google search you'll find hugh cruzel at qol or mm, in the past uh, i was listed as eat this drink that it is a program about quality of life no matter what it's called i am talking today with chef sam benedetto now sam and i have well we have a bit of history uh, a good history and uh, we go back Gosh, Sam, how, how many years back do we go?
0: Oh, it makes me count. Uh, quite a few. I, I, I would say uh, give it
1: a dozen, at least. Oh, at least that's a dozen. At least a dozen. Right? Now, Sam and I worked together at a place called Souk Harbour House in Souk, British Columbia, a uh, place with a, a very amazing reputation. And at that time, a, a fantastic opportunity to showcase the best of the sea, the best of the land. And uh, local, regional, seasonal cuisine. And, and truly, it was a place where we we celebrated slow food. Now, Sam, that that's, as you said, a dozen years ago?
0: Oh, yes. Yeah. yeah, I was I put in that ballpark for sure.
1: But you worked there. You yeah. were there before I arrived.
0: Yeah, yeah, I'd worked there. I'd worked there in the early, well, actually the late 90s, early 2000s.
1: Oh, my goodness. So there was a.
0: Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah that's right. I, uh, yeah, I've been there for quite a while. Well, I was there for quite a while. So, yeah, I was there for a few years during that period. And then I'd, I'd gone away and done a few other things and returned to the country and, and went back there. I mean, it was a great place. It had a, you know, a beautiful, it had a bit of a draw. If you're a chef and you wanted to learn and, and and to sort of expand your repertoire as far as, what's available on the west coast i mean that's the place that you went that was that was pretty much the only
1: place that you would want to go and, and and what was offered every day was different i mean we didn't have a fixed menu it was truly what did oh, the yeah. farmers what did the the ocean deliver to us
0: yeah absolutely yeah, absolutely it was it was very it was very unique at that time yeah i would say it was probably a pioneer in that sort of style i mean maybe some place through through europe it did quite a bit of Changing the menu daily, but but um, out here that was that was it. So yeah, you I mean, uh, I'll run you through a basic day of, of when I would go in, and you know, you'd start between 10 and 11, roughly. Go in, and you would start writing your menu, start planning your menu, and your menu depending on which station you'd work on would. That was there, so it was—it was like a playground for chefs. It really was. You would, um there was very broad outlines of what you needed to follow. It was
1: inspirational, that. wasn't it? Well, you loved what you did, and you you dressed sharply, and your your whites were, were brilliant white, and, and you seem to have a real verve for this. Yeah.
0: Well, I, still <laughs> you know, I still do. I still mean, do. Of course, because you
1: haven't given up. You're still a chef.
0: I am still a chef. Yeah, absolutely. And that, that experience that I've learned from that place just follows me around. It just follows me. You know, I can pretty much relate any problem I have back to solving, uh, solving it, going back to that place, uh, culinary-wise, you know, mm. and... Uh, but like I said, yeah, you you would, you know, you were proud of where you worked. You proud of what you did, and everyone from from your co working chefs, and, and dishwashers to the to the servers and D's and maintenance, everybody was was proud. We were and, a team. Uh, it was a
1: place to be. Now, not to talk about Souk too much, I think we'll we'll do that some other time, or I'll try to reach, well, one of the people who maybe was the. The brains behind Sue Harbor House at a later date, but Sam, we are here. It is the end of March, early April now, and we're facing a a, a challenging time. You now work somewhere else, and and what what's happened to to everybody?
0: Yeah, well,
1: we have got a lot a lot to cover on this topic. <laughs> we
0: oh. sure do. <laughs> wow. It's it's unbelievable. I can't believe it. So yeah, I, I work at uh, a local golf club here in Victoria. Basically, about two weeks ago, everybody was um, was laid off. We shut the club down out of safety. I started with the uh, F and B departments. Listen, all the events were canceling. There was
1: no business coming in. So that wasn't just you making a decision. It was the the participants no. saying, "Hey, look at we." Oh, it we... was
0: easy. It yeah. was an easy decision to make once once.
1: I bet your kids are eating better than
0: me. <laughs> They, they are, they're, they're enjoying it. Because
1: daddy's it. at home now.
0: Yeah, and uh, my wife is, uh, yeah, she's appreciating it a lot.
1: Everybody's going to put a few pounds on, Sam.
0: Well, I joke about that, but it's not so funny because it's true. <laughs> <laughs> so, there's a lot of baking. My, my uh, oldest is, she's 11 now.
1: Your kids are 11 years old? Yeah. Oh, yeah, my yeah. goodness. I remember.
0: That's
1: I remember when they were born.
0: I have an eight-year-old and the 11 year olds really starting to get into baking and loves cooking in the kitchen, and, which is great. Rumor is she wants to have a coffee shop when she gets older. I'm not crazy about that. <laughs> <see>. And uh, <laughs> anyway, so between her and I, we're we're just uh, lots of Nanaimo bars and butter tarts and
1: dangerous, and and stuff. danger, danger. Will whoever it was, yeah, yes,
0: yeah. yeah, but but yeah, no. Back to the back to the, the issue is so. You know, it's been a couple of weeks now, and, and we did have a, a meeting this afternoon, as a matter of fact, I'll divulge that, just discussing what to do going forward. And so much is unknown that nobody's ever really seen this. So luckily the staff have some financial help from the club as well as, as uh, the government coming up, which is great because that's really sort of, you know, when it first started going down, that was my, my initial concern was the staff because, you know...
1: You can't, you've, you've spent the time putting together a good team... Why would you, well, you want to see great, it fall apart?
0: Yeah, you have a great team and, and you've got people you trust. You don't want to lose anyone. And you know it's a precarious industry it can be a precarious industry as far as wages go. So you know, I, I you know, I have a certain I feel like I have a certain responsibility to make sure that they're okay and, and so we've been keeping in touch with the staff as well. But the club's been great that way. They have, you know, merchants to set up through the club for them and so everybody's doing
1: okay. Everybody's surviving. But it's it's an odd, odd feeling in your meeting today not to be too specific but have you talked about the restart the reboot of all this how to get going again once things do uh you know sort of straighten out and and you know that in your your pantry you've got you've got in your lockup you've got your wine you've got your spirits those things are, are for sure now you you know you'll have to buy probably if it's too long new spices because they will decay very quickly, um, and certainly, lo- you know, your lockup, there's yeah. so many, th- it, it, it's not so easy to restart, is it?
0: Yeah, well, you know, Restarting restarting, it's not necessarily the restart, it's, it's the, the, the in-between, what do you do, you're right, what do you do with the, you know, your, your spices that are maybe sitting around too long, or what do you do with, you know, the, all of our produce and fruit actually went out to our staff at the end of it all when we realized we're shutting down, we sort of put together a bunch of packages, and staff came came up to the kitchen. We just sort of were handing back these groceries of perishables to them to
1: take home. Because well, there's no other option, was there?
0: They weren't going to we, do us any good. No, you no. Know, and it, it you know, for them, it was it could, it could have been you know a week's worth of groceries or, or whatever it may be.
1: Well, that's wonderful. So
0: a lot of the perishables did get taken care of, which is good. But yeah, there, there's there is a lot of stuff to consider. Um, with restarting absolutely
1: now you're going Um, to continue offering though or at least you've made a decision today to offer grab and go grocery bags for members
0: yeah yeah so this is this is something that um that we talked about today and and i was all for it um so we're going to push ahead and see how it's it's received we're going to what
1: because many members are could be older gentlemen or younger or or, or uh, they could yep. be all kinds of people who live alone live as couples and in fact some people of your cl- members of your club may even be somewhat diminished in their mobility absolutely yeah cuz not all are golfing some people just come and eat we
0: yeah we have quite a few social members as well yeah absolutely that's sort of the main reason is, is to see, you know who needs what out there no wow. um we're going to put that together, and over the course of the next day or two, and and get that out to them, and see what we can do with that. And,
1: and it'll be a well-balanced dinner that that features some yes. vegetables, some starch, Absolutely. some some yeah. protein.
0: Yeah. So I haven't really worked that one out, but it'll be some something um, some sort of uh, like a heat and stir kind of um, meal for them as well, if they right. wish.
1: Now this is good for you as well and the core staff because it keeps you engaged and keeps you going. Because otherwise, it becomes almost too much, isn't it?
0: Yeah, like as much as I enjoy doing all the baking and cooking at home, you know, it's, uh, it does wear thin after a while, and you want to sort of do something. You want to. You
1: well, want I've to, never known you to be, I've never known you to not be a spinning top there, Sam. Yeah. You, you were a to, you busy, to, in fact, to. your kitchen was the busiest kitchen I can ever remember. Uh, but yeah. I mean, I mean, it was like it was like ducks, right? I mean, the feet were going busy underneath the, the surface, but on top it was calm and cool.
0: Yeah, well, you know, that's the, the best you know the best remedy for a lot of ailments is, is just staying busy, keep them going. If you get good people working with you, you know, like you you, you could you could do a lot, right? So I, I just you know I, I was fortunate enough to have that. So we just kept piling on things to do. Let's do this. Let's do that. You know.
1: Now, what yeah. about you? Were were you a member of ICC? Short period uh, when it started up, I was yeah. Yeah, I seem I still, to remember I, that. I mean, I still keep in touch with a lot of the, the chefs. In yeah, Corey Pelin and and others. Yeah, but uh, I'm wondering what they feel like. I mean, I may have to give Corey or somebody a call and see how they feel about all this. I mean, it's it's really shut down yeah. lines of communication. It's 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 ripped the heart out of some businesses. We will see some restaurants fail.
0: Uh, there'll be a lot of attrition, I believe, out of this. Absolutely. I mean, mm. it, it's difficult enough having a, a restaurant in Victoria or a food service establishment in Victoria as, as it is. Um, you know, so many people talk about living at home, you know, paycheck to paycheck, and, and that is really true for restaurants as well. I mean, they are living day-to-day on, on day receipts, a lot of them. You know? Well, uh, so, it's not
1: just that, Sam. Many lived on tips and how huh? do we deal with? How is the government going to deal with that? the The economy of Victoria, the the hospitality economy, relied on that that generosity, that that connection between the diner and the server. Yeah. No.
0: Absolutely. <clears throat> a lot. Of, you know. I and, and maybe a little off topic, but I sort of it makes me wonder to think about how systems are going to change after this as well. I mean, I, surely we can't continue the same sort of trajectory
1: once things go back to quote-unquote normal. Are are you suggesting we adopt a European model uh, where tipping is actually included in the bill? Possibly. possibly. Because it seems to work in Europe. I mean, it seems to provide a much more stable platform for... uh, And nobody seems to complain.
0: No, but, you know, and again, it's a culture... You know, it'll be a change of culture, but isn't that not
1: what we're experiencing right now? Yes. sort of a...
0: Things are will change, and and maybe this is the time to sort of say, let's try this system. This system works here, here, and here, and it's a bit of a you know a bit of a a safety net when when things go sideways.
1: Well, I don't know. Let's let's go let's go to the sideways part of things. Some years ago, uh, Nick uh, Versteeg and uh, I'm trying to remember who else was involved in it. Called Island on the Edge. Oh, a CBC reporter. Don Genova. Well, I, I was only a voice for a small part of it. But we talked about the fact that Vancouver Island is is kind of this ship at sea where the vast majority of ingredients do come from, they have to come across the water. Uh, yeah. Now, you go back to your kitchen. I've seen it already, Sam. I, I, I go to the store and one day I see only steak available. And the next day I, I only saw chicken available. And the next day it was all pork. Now this is going to change how you cook.
0: Absolutely, yeah. I don't think it's any secret we're on an island here, you know. Um,
1: Except to the rest of Canada.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and from my uh, from my under- yeah, that's right. Yeah, um, but from my understanding, we have about three days worth of supplies, food. Seventy-two oh. hours. Yes. So, yeah. Don't know. You know. There's there's all sorts of, There is some great land for growing things, and, and but it's just not organized in that manner. I mean, we have. We do have the land, and, and as much as we use, try to use small farms and, and local things as much as possible. I, I just I'm not sure, I'm not sure what the answer is. Does, do we need more of
1: that? No, many of those things are, are kind of accoutrements, the accessories. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, I, I think right. about the mouse melons. If you were you there during the mouse melon craze at Zoo Carver House? <laughs> yeah, yeah, of course. Do you remember when those yeah. first started? I mean, really, a lot of the elements that appeared on. Now, not at Souk Harbor House, but at many other places, were were plate decorations. They were they were side elements, but the vast majority still came from somewhere else. Um, That's true.
0: Yeah. You know. And I, I don't know what, like, again, I don't know what uh, the answer would be to that, um, but the, the supply chain is definitely how going to be looked at um, a little more carefully once this is all done and
1: said. Mm. Now, of course, uh, you know. Roller trucks come and, and just drop stuff off at some restaurants. But, of course, some, knowing you, you very much like to do things that were fresh and local. This may spur agriculture to become much more viable on the island and across Canada. Well, this is, this is sort of the hope. So know, good things could a, come out of be this. A silver, it would definitely be a silver lining, wouldn't it? Yes, it sure would. It yeah. sure would. And you as a chef, though, could direct some of this by, I mean, uh, on this platform that we're talking right now, if people hear our words, they might start to rethink about where things are coming from, how they're being delivered to them, what choices they make, and how those choices affect you as a chef, you as a restaurant, you as as part of the whole system.
0: Well, I, I, I tell you uh, what we're, you know, it's sort of what we're starting to do, at least at our club and, and Smaller of other clubs have done it already. We're, we're starting to put it in smaller gardens. I mean, not that we want to be 100% self-sufficient, but, you know, when you're on a golf course, you have all this land, you have, or you already have gardeners, and you have the grounds people working, and you have the, the materials, you have the space. So it doesn't make sense not to have some form of uh, supplemental growing, You know, you know, whether it be lettuces and potatoes or, you know, and, and really, depending on how much extra land you'll have at the golf course, and, and the sky's the limit, right? So I'm not going to say 100%, but I'd like to see, you know, I'd like to see the golf course have at least in the next couple of years about 25% of the vegetables we use grown there. So Well,
1: you've yeah, been there now how many years? Starting my third. Third year. And before yeah. that, you had a, a, a wonderful run over at another uh, property that you were part of, I believe. You were part owner of.
0: Yeah, I was part owner of a, a local uh, restaurant called The Guild, and it was uh, uh, like a gastro pub. And we served uh, a lot of local beer. It was all, all local beer. Um, it was sort of started the craft beer phase. I was I was amazed at how many places, or at uh, that sort of that there weren't any place I should say that were serving a you know open taps of all these different. So that was sort of the the, the premise behind it, and it was, uh Opened up, and so lots of local craft beer, and of course local fare to go with it. So, uh, yeah, it was, it was a fun, uh, a fun place to, to open and run, and a good learning
1: experience a what was it was high ceilings. It was historic. It had it had a yeah. feel of yesteryear, and yet at the same time, not all that polished feel that we feel it at, at we see at some properties where it's almost almost a little Disney like. Yours was yours yeah. was more authentic.
0: Yeah, that's a good way to put it. I would, I would say so. Like, uh, Our wood wasn't reclaimed because it was original. <laughs> so, <laughs> you no. know, um, yeah, a lot of original woodwork there. And, and yeah, authentic. Uh, yeah, that's a nice way to put it. Thank
1: you. <laughs> oh, you're welcome. I'm going to go... It's it's funny because I think things will change radically. You know, uh, not so far away, and, and not for you to necessarily comment on, but, you know, up at Butchered Gardens, I mean, it's all flowers and things. I wonder if, if after post to uh, post this period, you know, their beds will be filled with kale and and carrots and and edibles generally, instead of flowers that just feed the eye. Interesting. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know. I'm just wondering where we're going to go with this, Sam, because we we're going to have to rethink just about everything. and you know, and if we go back to what we're we've been doing, we're only going to have a repeat of this sometime in the future.
0: Yeah, and you know, uh, yeah, you hate to say it but I don't. I think you're, I think you're right to a certain degree. I don't think this is going to be the last time you see something like this. I think perhaps it's the start of the next, whatever. But the biggest, I think, the biggest danger of this whole event would be to forget, to forget a few months down the road what it felt like to be feeling helpless, like we are now, like we. we you there's a certain helplessness that you that you have about where to, the grocery store is going to have enough food, or you know, do I have to make sure that they you know that uh, you know I don't talk to anyone too close? Like all these sort of fears and insecurities we have. Let's not forget what that feels like once this is over, because that's what's going to create change. Is, is that feeling of
1: of that we're feeling now? My brain was running wild on this, and and you know, here I am in Ontario interviewing you in in British Columbia, on Vancouver Island. You've been to grocery stores. Are you seeing, as a chef, provisions disappearing from the shelves? Are you you noticing? I mean, I'm not talking about toilet paper here. I'm talking about, like yeah. the other day, I couldn't find yeast anywhere.
0: Well, I guess I can only speak for my area, where you know, that, and my understanding, Vancouver Island. The cases are a lot lower. I think there's a little less fear here, here, perhaps, hmm. rightly or wrongly. I just don't. Th- I don't think we have the same amount of sort of uh, urgency. That maybe the mainland has, or, or other places. However, so when I've been to the stores, each store is slightly different. But yes, you go to the store, and it's like you said earlier. You know, one day you'll see steaks on the on the shelf. The next day is ground meat, and then you know, not that I'm going every day, but I'm, I, you <laughs> know, I've you know, a few times. I've...
1: Well, you as a chef probably are.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. So my personal store that I've been to a few times is uh, it, they've done a really good job at keeping things stocked. Where I haven't had to worry a whole lot, but again, I've gone early in the morning, and there's not a lot of people around. Perhaps shelves are stocked, so I haven't seen that sort of depletion. When it first started, three weeks ago, maybe a month ago, when you know the toilet paper craze was on, it was just starting. And I was at a larger sort of warehouse store, picking up a few things for the for the for the golf club, and it was sort of weird. It was scary because that's. That was the kind of scene I expected to see, you know. um, Shelves were empty. You know, the staples like flour, sugar, those sort of things were sort of uh, they were gone from the shelf. Yeah. So earlier on, I think when people were when it first hit, people were really freaked out, and I think that we noticed that. You know, you hear about the toilet paper and the hand sanitizer and all that. That was sort of the tip of the iceberg, and then further down, you see the missing shelves of flour and, and, and staples. As we got more into this epidemic pandemic, that's when I think people realized, oh, there's stock in the shelves again. Oh, there is more toilet paper. Oh, we're not out of this. And I think it slowed a lot of that panic down and for the most part from what I hear and what I've seen they're doing a good job at keeping things relatively stocked. Although I have noticed a steep increase in some of the produce prices. Mm.
1: So
0: I wonder I wonder if that I mean, produce is such a tricky item I mean, it, it goes up and down like
1: worse than a yo-yo so we've so talked that. yeah we've talked about kind of the 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 fallout the negative aspects the positive aspects let's end up on a real positive note so things come back uh things are changed menus are cha- let's ask about your you know are you ready thinking about a menu to celebrate the end of all this um, not not specific
0: necessarily what to serve but yeah we've, we've talked about you know, again, we don't know when, you know, is it next month, is it two months, is it the middle of the summer? But, yeah, we, you know, it's going to be some sort of reopening for sure.
1: A celebratory yeah. dinner where you'll feature the yeah. best of the best.
0: You know, yeah, and, and, you know, a couple of the farms that we, we actually use, the smaller farm, produce farms, it's interesting because they, they're in such a, an area where it's low-lying land, and it's usually washed out this time of year. And they don't even start planting their crops
1: till beginning of May, which means we don't start seeing their produce till middle of June, July, early July. yes. Yeah,
0: and end of June, beginning of July. So that might be okay. Uh, you know, if we get to that point where we're starting to think about reopening in June or July, it might be just perfect timing for us.
1: To get It'll be to bountiful.
0: Out, all that fresh, yeah, all that yeah. fresh
1: produce in, and we can really do a do it up right. Well, um, let's keep our fingers crossed. Uh, Sam Benedetto, what a pleasure to talk to you. I should say Chef Sam Benedetto. Um, I have the highest uh, regard for your work and, and loved being in your kitchen over the years that we spent time together. Oh,
0: very kind of you, too. Very <sighs> kind. Thank you. It, it, you know, it's always been a pleasure to talk to you and, and work with you.
1: Back. So, yeah. yeah thank, thank you very much. On 96.7 on your FM dial, you've been listening to hmm, an edition of the program called QOL, or Quality of Life, and my name is Hugh Cruzel, and you listen on... The radio, as I mentioned, at 96.7 on Thursdays at 6 o'clock. Although this may be a special, and certainly everybody, you can listen to this anytime as a podcast. It'll be there available for you on 12 platforms or more, including Anchor FM, Apple, and, uh, well, I think uh, Google Play as well. This is Hugh Cruzel, and I look forward to joining you again, being part of your your listening, well, more than listening, uh, an educative experience. Bye for now.